Hello, this is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick. Bird chick? Bird chick died 40 years ago. <laughs> and I fell asleep, and now my beard is eight feet long, and there's birds and twigs and rabbits hiding in it. And that's non-birding Bill. And there's a city that wasn't there before. Are you done? Yeah. <laughs> it was done six months ago. <laughs> yeah, so six months ago, we kind of took a hiatus, you know. Yep. Things, you know, we had other projects, plays. Right. Work. Work, work. So, but I just suddenly found myself with some extra time on my wow, hands. Wow, what a strange coincidence. I know, How I can't. possibly I'm, I know, it's, it's crazy. And at first I thought, well, anyway, <laughs> I should do some stuff. And then right. we discussed the podcast and I was like, well, you know, I feel like we've kind of been running people around. But this time we came up with a plan. Right. Of twice a month, we're going to do this. You probably should pick an exact day to do it. Well, I believe that the, yeah, so this is, it's going to be bi-weekly again. Yeah, that so is, every other week, yeah. That is, yeah. Yes, that is, yes, yes, not twice a week. No. Every other no, week. No, 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 um, So, yeah, so we're starting the podcast back up, and this time uh, we're going to have a Patreon. We are. A Patreon, if you will. Everybody has that. Everyone, always. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's something that I, you know, I do to support the podcasts and, and artists that uh, I enjoy their work. Because this does take time and it does take effort. And, and that's one to... of the reasons why it's gone to the wayside for us yeah. was that, oh, wow, I have other things to do that sure. actually bring income. So here's the deal. you We will still put the podcast out for free. Yep. But if you become a Patreon member, we are going to put out some bonus right. content. So if the podcast, if this is what you like hearing the two of us talk, nothing is going to change. You are still going to be able to enjoy this podcast. But we will have some uh, some bennies, some promos, some uh, some yeah. benefits for uh, for people who choose to uh, support us. Yeah, for doing this. yeah. And you can let's see, you can be a bubbling, and I think that's like the let's, one dollar. Yeah, let's oh. go through. If you go to patreon.com slash birdchick. Uh, you will see the levels, uh, and you can. It's a it's a per I believe per creation basis. Yes. But you can also set a monthly limit as to how much you want to spend. Um, and again, if you just enjoy the show, we and certainly enjoy having you listen to us. So, uh, level one is one dollar a month to just to show your support for the podcast. That is the Bobble Link level. Yeah. And you get early access. So basically, I think like a day before uh, the rest of you know. And the, they will get bonus content. Uh, no, that's the next level. Oh, that's the next level. That's okay. the next level. Okay. So just to support the show, if you enjoy the show the way it is, you know, there are, and I understand this, I have a bunch of podcasts I support at the $1 level because that's what I have to spare. Um, at $5, there is the Kiskadee level. Oh, yes. And at that level, you're going to get, you're going to get, uh, the early access and you're also going to have some bonus content. We're going to be doing short episodes like mailbags, yeah. uh, just things like that, that you'll only be able to get if you are at the $5 uh, level. Also, we're thinking about maybe doing like a uh, a live YouTube hangout where you can see us sitting in our messy living room and BSing about the bird stuff that uh, that we talk about. Yeah. Um, then the next level is ten dollars. That is the shoe bill level. What? Uh, you get everything uh, else that uh, the the other two levels get, and twice a year, once every six months, you can suggest a topic bird related. Uh, or nature related that we will talk about. Yeah, it has to have bird or nature in there. And I'm also going to put the caveat out there that there are some things I won't be able to right. answer because yes. 
of the nature of things that I do outside the podcast. Right. If you give us a topic that we can't talk about for whatever reason, we will let you know. Professional, yeah, professional or personal or what have we'll you. We'll just ask you to like. Hey, we maybe will give you. It. We'll give you a mulligan, and you can redo it. Um, so that is the shoe, doll, shoe bill level. And for $25, the ultimate, of course, you are a brown bird. You are one of Bill's brown birds. Uh, you get all of the things that we mentioned before. In addition, you're going to get a special personalized shout out here on the Bird Chick podcast when you join. And we will also send you a handwritten uh, note thanking you for, for joining at the Bill Bur- Bill's brown bird level. And you will either get one of our all-time favorite photos of ourselves. Sure. Uh, <laughs> which, unless you have uh, found my personal account on Facebook, is the only way you've ever been right. able to see this. It's hilarious, folks. It is uh, It is our engagement photo from 20 years yeah, ago. And, and <laughs> boy, howdy, is it hilarious. It we is. went to JCPenney's to get it made. Yeah. It's great. It's as good as you think it, it is. It is. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where my mom sent me a box of stuff and I found that. And I remember, I looked at it and I remember like, your mom is making us get engagement yeah. photos. And it's just, it's... It's not glamour shots. It's 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 one of those things. That it should be on one of the memes. Or like, oh, these right. people thought they looked cool. Yeah, and yeah. They do it's, not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite as embarrassing as like laser beams behind you in your high school photo, but it's that level. It's that level. It's close. Of, there's of there's two different versions. But anyway, right. so we'll either send you something with that in it and a personalized note thanking you, um, or if you prefer, will I will send something with a bird photo that I've taken. <laughs> but quite frankly, the, the the picture of us. So great. Yeah. If you if you want to support us, that the podcast, um, it'll also. Uh, what we're going to do with that is there's another podcast that I'm working on um, where I'm going to need some equipment right. uh, to do that. So if you can support this, great. And if, if, if like the freedom level with this podcast has been what you enjoy, <laughs> that's totally cool. That's totally cool. And we too. do also have uh, like stretch goals. If we reach a certain amount of donations that we get, then we can do them, it, it, you know. We'll do a, like we a. We do more. We do the, we do the free podcast more frequently. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. And that's two fifty, I think. I think two fifty is what we said. I think you actually screwed it up. I think we were going to do this podcast once a month, and then you said twice a month because that's what we normally do. And then our goal was to do it okay twice a month. But we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, we'll see so the podcast happens. is back. If you want to support it, that helps. That's yeah. great. Thank you. Any level, thank you. Or if you, you know, if you don't have them, hey, guess what? <laughs> Some people don't have a lot of money right now. I and can't imagine what that's like. I can't imagine what would cause that in someone's life. Um, recommend us to a friend. Tell somebody else yeah. about the Patreon. Every and just just enjoy the show. And the other thing is too. Every now and then, I get people saying, "Hey, I like the content that you create on the Bird Chick page." Yep. Consider that yeah. that one dollar level also helps contribute to that content yeah. that I put out. Yep. And um, and if you do, you know, contribute to the blog that way that's that that's awesome somebody told me to sign up for something called coffee which i've been thinking about Mm -hmm. and apparently it's it's coffee spelled a little too cutesy Mm -hmm. but the idea is like people can just give you three bucks here and there it's like i'm buying you a cup of coffee and i was like i think we all know that i would rather have jameson than coffee so if i can get it set up to just give me jameson so that again is patreon there's an e in there Mm -hmm. dot com slash bird chick and that is going to go live with uh this episode and this episode yeah and so you can also go to the blog page at Sharon at birdchick.com mm-hmm. and it will be there. Great. Uh, and we're just going to, we'll come back at again at the end to remind you of this, but let's talk about some bird news because I can't imagine, it's been six months, nothing's happened in the birding world. So I'm pretty sure we talked about this perhaps in the very last podcast. <laughs> okay. There, there Why was... we never want to do this podcast again. <laughs> I thought we didn't release that episode. <laughs> um, no, so do you, do you recall... The, the most bird. famous reindeer of all? Yes, I do. It's past Christmas. Do you recall uh, the great Black Hawk 
It was a hawk that it's 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 something like I've seen it in uh, Guatemala. No. It, it it okay. There was a great black hawk. Okay. And it was seen, I think, in Corpus Christi. It was seen in Texas in migration. Sure. So it, anyway, it showed up. I believe up in, that you said that. <laughs> a few months later, showed up in Maine. Oh. And okay. so number one, everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's a great black hawk in Maine. And so because of the bird's age and because of this day and age of everybody is taking pictures, mm-hmm. um, they uh, they confirmed based on primary feathers and, and imperfections in some of the feathers that it is the same bird that was seen in Texas. Oh, wow. So this bird has just done this crazy on its way to Canada. Oh, wow. And it's shown up. It, it was even in, I think, the Portland christmas bird count this year you know cool well things have gotten a little darker a little colder here uh it's winter that happens and uh the bird was found in a pile of snow not standing and it's been taken Uh, to a wildlife rehab oh good uh it's probably gonna lose at least one toe because it's got frostbite but otherwise it has been living off of squirrels so this bird is not supposed to be here at all no it's not supposed to be in the united states so is there something mentally wrong with it does it have parasites or who knows okay i mean i don't know if, i don't think they've tested for that but i mean in this case is this just some kind of genetic anomaly that's telling this bird to go north north right. north 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 and and if it succeeds and if it finds another black hawk and right. they start mating then hey that's how new populations are formed okay but now there is the debate of if the bird survives and it's dodgy i'm gonna be clear mm-hmm. with you folks foot issues and birds of prey are not good no they are and i say this from the years when i used to work at the university although of Raptor don't we have a, a famous bird of prey around here that is missing like a peregrine or a red oh tail my goodness i'm so impressed it has like you it's missing like a lot of toes that bird is long dead oh but yes there was a bird. <laughs> whoops oh okay moving on <laughs> But that bird did live for a long time. Yeah. Um, that was that was yeah that was a male that he was missing two toes mm. on uh, either foot, oh, and so yeah. he essentially for a peregrine instead of like having mm-hmm. you know three toes in front and one in back, he had pincers on either oh, side. Okay. That 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 boy, he he sired a lot of chicks mm-hmm. and he brought in the food, so he made his disability work. Mm-hmm. And that bird was a crazy mystery because when he was hatched and banded in Rochester, Minnesota. He all his toes were intact, and then he mm. disappeared for two years, and he showed up at this uh, nesting spot sure. in downtown St. Paul, Minnesota, and that's when his toes were missing, and, and the banders were baffled. It was like, we held this bird in our hand two years ago. His right. feet were perfect. But it also looked like a clean slice, so nobody mm. knows what happened to that bird and how it, it survived without his toes. Was it frostbite? But the thing is, is like... Birds of prey are on their feet all the time. They sure. stand on them. They kill with them. Um, it's foot issues are, are, are serious. But let's say, let's be optimistic. Let's say that, you know, that it gets it gets all the protective pad in the world rubbed mm-hmm. on its feet. And uh, it, it survives rehab. When you let it go, where do you let it go? That is a good question. Because we don't know exactly the origin of this hog. So it's not even like, well, let's just take it down to Mexico. Right. But, uh a yeah. bird that you know is it better to just well we'll put it in maine maybe it'll figure out to go south or how long do they think the rehab on this bird is going to last oh i i can't speculate i would say with frostbite like this this bird's in for sure. at least a month month and a half well i mean what do they normally do with birds in this situation well it depends on the species sure. so like at the university of minnesota's raptor center mm-hmm. they release bald eagles and snowy owls uh, sure. this time of year something like a kestrel they may like hold on to until the spring mm-hmm. Because uh, some kestrels in Minnesota migrate and some don't, so it, it depends on the type of bird and what 
the food situation yeah. well, is. Well, I mean, I know that didn't they fly a hummingbird? Wasn't there like a hummingbird that was up here that they flew down mm-hmm. to? So I would, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you want to give the bird a fighting chance. So I wouldn't release it here in the winter because that's, you know. Well, see, the problem with the bird that they flew down south was that was probably a bird that originated up in Alaska mm. and migrated here to Minnesota and stayed. And, mm-hmm. didn't, and so that bird. Right. That 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 bird. There was no good outcome for that right, bird. But right, right, right. releasing, release. I would say with that hummingbird, holding it in captivity until it was warmer, maybe spring migration, oh. and then releasing it in Minnesota right. would have been a better option yeah. than uh, flying it to. Yeah. Mexico. Well, obviously nobody asked me what to do with this particular uh, raptor, but I mean, it just like it seems like yeah, that's there's it. Yeah, I would not release it here in the winter. Um, and also, I, I know it's a young bird because it's not in mature plumage. So right. I don't know what the chances are of this bird becoming like a a an education ambassador, sure. if you will. But it, it's it's an interesting thing to ponder because it, is it going to make a dent in the great black hawk population? No. Um, is it a bird that should be back in the population? It's 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 fascinating okay. to I, I don't i don't know a good answer for this but right. my gut would be like yeah maybe just when it's when it looks like it's march maybe let it go in in maine it's probably yeah. has because if it we don't know exactly where it came from so even if you did figure right. out through some kind of feather dna analysis oh it came from this point in mexico this is where we should put it back is it going to stay is that going to be any better out right yeah anyway fascinating Cool. You yeah, can't, yeah. though, but I mean, at the same time, if you're the birder and you're walking around and there's the great black hawk on the ground yeah. and it's flapping around, you're, you're, you're of course, going to help it. Oh, 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 this reminds me. So did I show you the video of the raven and the snowy owl battling it out? No, and I appreciate that you did not show me that. <laughs> okay, so somebody captured footage of this and mm-hmm. it's happening in, in a city and it, and, uh, and it looks like a female snowy owl going for a raven and at first you're looking at it it's like i don't know who's gonna win this you're both like the same size and the raven is getting in some good pecks and and this that and the right the raven has the beak and the owl has the feet yeah yeah Yeah. and at at the point of the video that i started seeing it they're face to face i'm like oh snowy your your eyes are in danger if Mm -hmm. that that raven is right in your face like that but then towards the end of the video the the snowy gets the upper hand and and so i was like and the video cuts off but the person who originally posted it said you know, the birds eventually both went their separate way and all this. But mm. I just thought it was interesting behavior. It wasn't super bloody. It was just, right. you know, it was kind of like watching two 40-something-year-old men. Were they fighting men. Something over something that was already dead? We don't know exactly how it happened, okay. how it started. Um, some speculation is that the raven was roosting mm. and the snowy owl saw it and took a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, could have been that ravens saw a snowy owl and was like, hey, here's an owl. Let's mob it. Mm-hmm. And not realizing that a snowy was like, huh, I think I can take that. Because uh, snowies do take large prey. I mean, thanks to Project Snowstorm, we've learned that they'll take uh, ducks right off the Great Lakes. Okay. But it, but the thing that fascinated me was some people who just like came after me was like, I can't believe you posted this, and I can't believe people filmed this without intervening, and blah 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 blah. Oh, and I was sure. like, Well, this is this is nature. It's like, yeah. no, that owl clearly attacked that poor raven. It was probably sick. And I was like, I don't think I've ever heard someone say poor raven before. This is <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting how people choose sides. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm glad you did not show me this video because I'm it's not, not that bad. Big, I'm sure it's not, but I'm not a huge fan of, you know, uh, fighting to the nature, death. tooth and claw. Eat, and I've said before, I'm a complete hypocrite because I eat meat, but I don't, you know, 
particularly enjoy those the the videos of even birds of prey taking down uh, other prey. Uh, but no, it's a, I mean, it's, I understand why it's fascinating to watch and trying to figure this out and what behavior are we, are we learning from this? But I thought it was fascinating to like really get a, a size idea between ravens and snowy owls. Mm-hmm. I was like, that, that's a big bird. Yeah. But the other thing was, you never hear of things killing ravens. You know, they're, they're right. pretty much badass. Yeah. Gonna. What does hunt ravens? Well, clearly snowy owls. Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, they're also, you know, communal birds. So there's a lot of them around. So being yeah. big and having a, you know, Com- yeah, I flock mean, around you. Yeah. So it, that's that's the benefit of the family group. I'm sure if there was one limping around that, you sure. know, coyote or yeah. something would try to go. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm land based animals obviously are going to get them. But it's more like birds of prey. What would hunt a raven? Goshawk? Maybe. Yeah. Mm. Maybe like a really big female goshawk that was feeling her Wheaties mm-hmm. one day. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah but, but they, you know what? We can find out what would predate them. All right. Let's go to Birds of North America online, courtesy of Cornell Lab of Ornithology. No, this this is a great resource. Okay. If you ever have a question, it is either you'll you'll either find the answer or it will uh, say, "Hey, this is something that we need more research on, grad student." So <laughs> anyway, under predation for ravens, it's mostly most likely happens when they're young or. Um, like when they're in the nest or learning how to fly. Okay. Uh, peregrines have been sw- seen swooping down on just fledged young in Vermont. Okay. Fledglings have been killed by golden eagles, maybe a great horned owl, and a coyote in Idaho. Okay. Um, likely predation of adult ravens at food by a coyote and golden eagle or great horned owl in Idaho. And in Greenland, freshly eaten raven remains were found underneath a deer falcon nest now oh, that's wow. a gigantic falcon yeah. that is something that yeah that would take a, okay. take a raven so not a lot of things but there interesting, you go interesting to know yeah so i mean i understand like if you like if the title of the video is like check out this cool encounter and then it's this but if it's like owl versus raven then you should know not to click on that I, i'm pretty sure i said in there it's like hey here's here's a owl raven battle no but i just mean sometimes like if the person who put up the video like on youtube is like Kick-ass fight! It is a pretty mark. kick-ass fight. But yeah, but I'm just saying, like, so. These things happen. Nature things red happen. in tooth and claw. Yeesh. Um, the American Birding Association has uh, released their bird of the year. Okay. It is uh, the red-billed tropic bird. Oh, yeah, you were, you, you, yeah. Were, you were mildly annoyed about this, as I recall. Mm, well... Okay. <laughs> I've never been a fan of it as the, the bird for the ABA. Ooh, hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. This is Sharon. This is me. Um, because I like the idea of, of the bird being something that you have a chance to see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm, that's not to say you don't have a chance, but you have to be in very specific places. Sure. You know, I, I tend to like things where uh, it, it's, it's an achievable bird. Okay. I, not to say and that this bird this, isn't... Where does this bird live? You, like, have to be in the ocean. I think, like, if I went to... What is it? The Not, not the Privilofs. It's a complete wrong direction. Um, it's a site that's closed right now. Sure. It's an island fort. Why can I not think of what this is called? Okay. Dry Tortugas. That's Dry what tortugas. I was trying to say. Dry Tortugas. Okay. But, I mean, you also have to be kind of in the southern tip of California. You have to be in the ocean. Okay. In, like... Very Southern California, maybe the Gulf. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not, it's not. Okay. It's not a goldfinch. 
it's not a goldfinch, and I'm not saying the ABA should have the goldfinch as as their right. their overall bird. But anyway, I wasn't my choice. It happened a long time ago. <laughs> the bird looks cool, right? So, and because it is a the 50th anniversary of the American Birding Association, it is incredibly appropriate that the ABA logo bird be the the bird of the year. Oh, okay. So, I mean, and it's a cool-looking bird. I'm not oh, saying it's I not see. cool. Oh, I see. Is that why they... Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's maybe. that's why it is. And, I mean, ocean-faring birds, you know, lots of concerns there. So, definitely to sure. draw more attention to it. But what I do like about the the ABA Bird of the Year this year is Megan Massa did the artwork for it. And mm-hmm. it's very beautiful artwork. And what I really love about it is she also captured the excitement of what it looks like with birders going out on a pelagic to go see this bird. So, so cool. Yeah. All right. Do we have another story? We do, but I think we can slow down. I don't want to overwhelm people with our <laughs> podcast. Do you they can have just a story? slow down. I do not have a story. You know, people are going to be disappointed because they always love it how you interrupt me to talk about some obscure movie reference. That's fine. Uh, well, the problem is I'm not drinking in January, uh, so I don't have my uh, impetus to uh, to sidebar everything. <laughs> So the next podcast will be more. We're going to be great. It's, it's going like to be five like hours on long. Point. Oh, yeah. MFG! Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine today that we were going to restart the podcast, and she's like, oh, "I don't know if I listened to it the first time. How long is it?" And I was like, mm, "It could be a half hour, forty-five minutes sometimes." <laughs> and she's like, "I need at least an hour. I need something to keep me busy on the treadmill." But no, I don't know. Went to Africa. That was fun. You can read my yeah. Africa blogs. Yes, you went to Uganda. I went to Uganda. I saw a shoe bill. It was amazing. Yeah, we worked very hard for that shoe bill. Yep. And then we saw gorillas. My favorite part about going to see the gorillas was me nervously looking up the mountains and thinking, what if this is like the Horned Guan Death March? I, <laughs> and I also don't want to be the person in the field trip who's going to hold people back. Right. You know? And so I was like, I was like, can we have two different groups? Can we have the people that are just going to shoot up the mountain, just mm-hmm. go? And then like Shorty, who doesn't do well on high elevation, can just go slowly behind. So and he's like, no, no, Sharon, I've seen you. You are fine. You are also very portable. So we will get you up there. <laughs> you are very portable. I am very portable. So uh, that was that was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I got touched by a gorilla. <laughs> I love that show. On the ass. <laughs> Bad touched by a gorilla. <laughs> Bad touched by a gorilla. I, I, it was my fault. Yeah. Uh, I stood between a female gorilla and her baby. Okay. I didn't know it until I felt two incredibly hot hands <laughs> on my rear end kind of shoved me out of the way. Yeah. And then I turned to look and then like you know, the gorilla yeah. scampering away. And the guide was like, yeah, I was just coming over to get you. You, you, you don't get between the females and their babies. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bad yes. scene. Yeah, it was, uh, I was following your uh, your trip here from home it was yeah fascinating. yeah well so, and now that i have more time uh i can uh write up these adventures and post more of those this week yeah, so and you can also read some of them over at the phone scope blog i also have a blog over there that i just did that is based on uh digiscoping cool uh when because I, I went to uganda there was a woman there uh who said I'm so glad you're on this trip because I can't digiscope and you are like the master of it. And I was like, <laughs> you just got to take your scope everywhere. And, and the first day, uh, they, they we went in a boat and they're like, oh, Sharon, don't take your scope. And I was like, I'm always going to take my scope. No, no, it's just you're not going to use it. And I was like, the worst that's going to happen is I'm going to have a terrible photo. And I'd rather have that than to have no photo, especially right. with the shoe bill being involved. And right. uh, then by the second day of the trip, people were asking when we were going on a boat, they'd ask our guys, say, hey, Herbert, um, is it worth it? Is, if I'm Sharon, if I'm not Sharon, is it worth <laughs> it for me to bring my scope? I know Sharon can always take her scope, but I was like, no, you just got to take it and you got to take the sure. shot. 
Sure. And that's a lot of what you do is just practice, practice, practice. We could probably do like a live online. I can answer your digiscoping questions. Mm. I'll tell you what half the problem is. Most of the people out there, if you have an older scope and the eyepiece is really small, like the size of a quarter, uh, that was not designed to work with a smartphone. Mm -hmm. So you're always going to have vignetting. Right. And then you just learn to be arty with that and become the vignette birder on Instagram and everybody will think you're amazing. (laughs) Or you can crop it out. You can, but then that ruins the quality of your photo. Oh, I do have some birdie. I've been uh, listening to the audiobook for H's for Hawk, which is recommended to me by a couple of people. I don't know if I'm going to finish it, though. I don't. I Okay. Confession time. Yeah. I've not read the book. Right. Everybody's told me to read the book. Right. Uh, and, and the reason why is Goshawk is one of my favorite birds. Right. Even Neil was like, Neil Gaiman was like, oh, you should read this book. And I'm like, mm. I think you would have an interesting reaction to it because i know how you feel about birding books but this is it's the part that i've listened to it has been enjoyable the problem i'm getting into the problem the part that i've stopped at now is uh if you don't know this book it's about a woman who's she is a falconer uh her father dies and kind of sort of as a result of this, she decides to try and train a goshawk, which she has never done before. She's only trained falcons. Um, and so she talks a lot about how different goshawks are. She gets into the history of falconry and how people who train goshawks, the Ostringers, are a lower level of of bird of prey handlers than the, you know, the falconer or the peregrine or things like that. So she's talking about that. And then another part of the book is her talking, her doing like a a biography of T.H. White, who, of course, wrote The Once and Future mm-hmm. King. And he also wrote a book about how he tried to train a goshawk and did everything wrong and ended up unintentionally tormenting this bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's sort of at the part of the book that I'm at now. And obviously with my, you know, sensitivity to, to stories of animals, you know, he doesn't intentionally harm the bird. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Um, but it's a very interesting book and her talking about because she, like you, got into birds, specifically falconry, at a very young age. And she was reading all of these falconry manuals written by these very upper-class guys. And then she went yep. out with falconers and, like, just got into it and the culture and everything. And she's just getting into how different the goshawk is. The goshawk is different. The goshawk is a beast. It is... It's a crazy bird. It's high-strung. It's... ADHD to the max. Right. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I love them and relate right. to them so much. But because I love that bird, I don't want to read another woman's perspective on that. I don't oh, want to okay. read another person's perspective on that bird. Sure. Especially if she's having some kind of way of having that bird deal with personal problems. Sure. And and not not that that means it's not a good book, but it's like... I don't want to say the goshawk is mine. Right. Not that I'm writing about goshawks. I'm just like, I have I have all the yes. feels about goshawks. Yeah. And I don't want to read about someone else's feels. I think that's I think that's the point is that she's she's getting into is that like she, that's why she specifically decides to train this bird is that it, there is a wildness about this bird mm-hmm. that, uh, that is uh, appealing to her. And part of it is her, you know, it, it is as somebody else uh, much smarter than I has pointed out, there's like it's multiple genres in the same book. It's like. Her dealing with her grief and also a training about this bird mm-hmm. and also a biography of this guy who had a very messed up uh, childhood and life and like just like comparing his notes with her notes and stuff. But it's very there are a lot of the parts in, in the book that I think you would relate to, but I'm not I'm not sure if I'm going to finish the book. So 
So. I don't know. Hey, we should make that a Patreon goal. Okay. <laughs> make one of us. Sharon has to. Sharon has to. Has Sharon to has to, to actually read it. Oh yeah, or you can get it from. Uh, I've been listening to the audiobook. Because... I was going to say I I have the audiobook. Oh okay. I've just never. Ah, uh, gotcha. it was gifted to me. <laughs> It was because, and it's so, so well, I don't maybe know. we can make that a, a topic if you, uh, if you want to uh, donate at the 10 or $25 level. I'll tell you uh, what, if a... we get uh, $25 uh-huh. collectively, not like, like a $25 a month, like let's say mm-hmm. initial pledges and it oh, gets to $25 okay. before the next podcast. Okay. We will both read the book and we will do. Well, I'll listen to the book. Listen to the book. Listen to the book. And we will do a mini episode on the whole book. I don't know if it'll be a mini episode because I think you're. I think we'll have to break this one down. That will be bonus content. Are going to have a lot of feelings about this book. (laughs) As long as it's not going to be all the feelings I had about that Tyler Perry movie you made me watch for that podcast. Uh, Made you watch? You insisted on watching that. (laughs) I was so angry. Yeah. Well, Um, wait until you find out that the. So in addition, like, because the book was very popular, it won like some book prizes. Oh, I know the book is. yeah, Yeah, I know. She did a series for the BBC. Where she trained another goshawk, and they followed her around while she. If was she's doing training that. the goshawk, yeah. if she's just like this is falconry, yeah. this is how you do it. I'm yeah. on board with that. I don't want someone else's. Yeah, no, I get it. Emotions interfering yep. on my relationship with goshawks. <laughs> I'm not saying. Look, look, look. I'm open. I'm sure. willing. I have a polyamorous relationship with the northern goshawk, sure. and also and we'll include the European goshawk in there. Sure. You know, if, if someone else wants to engage with them on a personal level, that's fine. Right. I don't want to know about it. You know, yeah. it's okay. I mean, this happens. That's fine. That's 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 yeah. your life. But I, I, no, <laughs> no, no. I don't want to know about your personal pain with the goshawk. You sound like the most most. A uh, bourgeois fifties <laughs> upper middle class white person who went to college. I don't care how you live your life. Just, just, don't shove it in my face with your goshawk. Keep that cloaca to yourself, young lady. <laughs> Although I will, wow. I do have to say this about T S White. So if we actually do this, T H White, T H White, the Once and Future King. Oh yeah, it can be a hard read for some people because they just don't like that writing. Sure, but I will tell you. The scene where they go in the mew. Arthur is, yeah. Arthur is transformed into a Merlin and yes. spends the night in a mew with a bunch of other falcons. And the birds are anthropomorphized. Yeah. The goshawk is the most accurate bird anthropomorphism. Yeah, so basically, like, the, the peregrine is, like, they've, <laughs> it's like a church. So the peregrine is, like, the king or the, king or the queen. Yeah. And it's sitting at the top. is very regal. I forget who the, the priest in it is. But to, like, prove that... To basically, as a, a hazing ritual, or to prove that he, you know, is a member of this view, he has to, he as a Merlin has to stand close to the goshawk, and the goshawk's like, "I'm gonna kill you! I'm gonna kill you! I can't help myself! I'm gonna kill you!" But he is also like swearing and racist <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just like I mean, but yeah, it is like being next to a crazy maniac, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, that's 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 yeah. that's a goshawk. He had a really wonderful. What was the other thing he he described? It was a peregrine rousing, like a dust maid shaking out a shaking out a mop, which yeah. I think is a really accurate. That way is of a real accurate way to describe, describe that. that. Yeah. So, so if this is the sort of quality content you want to support, I feel like I'm on a uh, NPR pledge. Drive. If this is, if you want to support this sort of, if Doctor Who and Masterpiece Theater means a lot to you. <laughs> 
so we're going to do a little, this is going to keep this short here. We've got uh, some other things that we need to keep doing. Um, but again, go to patreon.com slash birdchick. Or just go to birdchick.com and then on the blog page, there will be a button to Patreon. There might be something to coffee. I don't know if I'm going to do coffee. And but there will be something in for people that want to, yeah, if you want to keep the podcast going, that will help us be able to keep the podcast and going. And if there are things that, like, if you have idea, because one of the things we can do with Patreon is we can put up polls for, like, what people want to discuss. If you have an idea of what a what you think a good stretch goal would be, you know, tell, tell us. Yeah, no yeah. If you think our goals are out of whack. Yeah. You can tell Sharon. Uh, you can reach Sharon at uh, birdchick.com. She is on Twitter where she is at birdchick. You can find her on Facebook. I'm on Twitter uh, now more than I usually am. Yep. And again, I think I just I just find my maybe it's the cold, you know, not her, burning as much. Sharon at birdchick.com. Yeah. And if you do support us, we that's really great. It's going to help us uh, keep the lights on. on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we will be back in. So, yeah. So two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, we will be back with more news and uh, updates on where our Patreon is. So thank you very much. All right.